lovers and welcome to this week's bonus podcast for conversation street hello 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 this is the valentine's week episode with me and michael what is that supposed to be french this is my french accent i've had agreed like on dev well, i'm Gemma. Well, that is a compliment actually because he is mr he's lover the, he as is we know. The, he's yeah. the lothario of the street lover mm-hmm. dev star. um yeah this is valentine's day week so we are decided to go for a proper classic discussion this week for a bonus podcast and just count down some of our favorites not countdown this isn't the top five or anything Coronation Street couples. I can't believe that we've been going nearly 10 years and we haven't had this as a feature discussion yet, considering how important. Um, you know, double, what's the curve? Double thingies. No, not double handers. Just couples. Two, two people together has been an important part of Coronation Street's history. This is great. Are you sure I'm not drunk this week? <laughs> or is I just drunk on love? So I don't know what I'm talking about this week. I'm right, absolutely we're talking fine. About what are we doing, the most iconic couples on the street. Yes, exactly that. We've divided it into decades, and we talk about um, major characters that were in couples decade by decade. But first of all, Michael, what what can couples tell us? about how romance has changed. Well, I think that's what we're going to find out because, yeah, the, the idea is that we're going to kind of like look decade by decade and see who some of the classic character couples are um, in each of the decades. And just see as we're going through, like, it is what made a classic Corrie couple back in the 60s same as what makes a classic Corrie couples now? Are there even any classic Corrie couples now? I don't know. Um, Sarah Louise and Adam and Adam. Just I the, think everybody... The joke couple of the, no, of the moment. No, I think they've become iconic for how... Rubbish. They are. Just how unmemorable they are. I mean, I was watching that. We were watching last night's episode earlier today, weren't we? And I saw like Peter and Carla together. And I'm thinking, I think they need to do more with them because I still, you know, as as much as Carla's gone off the ball, and she's still she and well, Ali and Chris Gascoigne still have a great chemistry, but they're just not. It really was. They're quite not doing anything a with dark them. kind of. Um comparison between how Adam and Sarah get on with each other and how Carla and Peter get on with each other. And they have, I mean, they have though, been going together for a quite a long time, yeah. Carla and Peter, but even so. Even though they're not my favourite couple by a long shot, they are massively popular. Yeah, and they're, they're just a really good match for each other. And they work really, really well, and it's obvious why they're so popular. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, what, what, do you, what would you say makes a, a classic couple for you what what do you look for in a a good romance and you've got to have charisma haven't you you've got to have you've got to have charisma with each other there's got to be a chemistry there and sometimes that's really you can't manufacture it can you sometimes actors have just clicked together sometimes they've worked together before coronation street and they bring that um history to the to the partnership um but yeah I don't know, sometimes you get characters who are brought together as a couple and they're cast because they you think they're going to get on well with each other, the casting department or whatever. And other times they just say, oh, here's a character that's been on the show for a while, here's another yeah. one. Let's see what happens when we put them together. Mm. And I don't know whether that sometimes doesn't work quite so well. But sometimes it does and it's like, oh, I never would have considered putting them together. I like a character, I like couples that look like they have fun. Mm. Like Dev and Bernie look like they have fun together, you know? 
Um, I like characters that feel like they're really suited. Like you can definitely imagine them in real life. Mm. If if they had this pool of other people to to pick from, finding one another yeah. and saying you're you'll do. You know, like Roy and Haley, for mm. example. See, I, I one thing I don't enjoy particularly in a couple is when they're kind of a bit just too sexy sexy with each other all yeah, the time like that. and and that's all it comes down to it's like Animal come on where's chemistry. the where's the deeper magnetism in there and and uh, yeah i think the problem with adam and sarah is he's always just comes across he still feels like he's trying to pull her like he's trying to be hey look at me with my raised eyebrow i'm oh, hey, sarah Lou. And it's like, okay, you're married to him. You don't, yeah, sorry, you don't need to just act normal. Drop the act, Adam, and talk to her like a normal human being. That is kind of true, actually. With. They do. It does feel like they're flirting with each other. Yeah, they've they've forgotten weird. that they got married. I mean, I kind of. I mean, that's, well, that's like people, us. The viewers what? forget they got married sometimes. I mean, not people forget that we're what? married. <laughs> I mean, I don't, yeah, don't want to don't want to kind of make marriage sound boring <laughs> or unromantic, but. Flirting, flirting is definitely a very different stage of your relationship, because it's all a bit dangerous and yeah. and sexy, and you could be rejected at any minute. Like, yeah, and obviously you can flirt in a in a in a very longly established relationship, but by no means should you be acting like you're strangers with each other mm. all the time. Yeah, I mean, I think that currently, when we're going backwards, I really wanted to start the sixes and work our way forwards. I think that Ed and Aggie currently are a very believable couple because mm. they just feel very comfortable with each other and maybe that's boring, I don't know. But they feel to me, like, I mean, how long have we known them? Three years now? It yeah. absolutely feels like they have been together for 20 years or so. And that's despite the fact that we barely ever see them together or, you know, they never have any scenes. I, I utterly believe that. Well, there's there's definitely something to be said for a couple, like being, being a romantic, sexy couple versus feeling like your family. Yes, that's very, very true, actually. And Ed and Aggie feel like they're each other's family. Mm. And Adam and Sarah feel like they're a sexy couple. Yeah, and I think Gary and Maria fall into the same category as well. And then you get what? the... Well, yeah, the, 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 you know, the, the, just a sexy couple. couple. And then sex, there's, they're not even a sexy couple, though, And then there's they? kind of a kid that hangs around with them sometime. But yeah, the, I think the family is an important part, actually. So maybe as we're going through some of these couples today, we'll see, do they have the family bonds? Is that something that helps make couples seem more iconic and believable I don't know um but yeah Coronation Street has been well known over the years for many a famous um coupling and we did do something on Patreon um I think it was this time last year actually which was our top five underrated Corrie couples because whenever you talk about famous couplings on the street the same names come out again and again and again so we wanted to pay a bit of love to the, the lesser known, lesser appreciated ones, but anything goes here. We're going to see who was most um, most beloved as a couple, who we love, what can we find out about it? I don't know. So let's scroll back to the 60s, which is going to be a bit of a harder one for us because we've only seen, what, 80 episodes were there on the DVDs? So we're, we're, everything that we're talking about in this decade is judged from a very small sample of yes. episodes that we've And watched. they would have been cherry-picked for certain reasons, wouldn't they? Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I think, I, I've, I've got, for all of these, I've just got some, some couples that we can discuss or, or not discuss. And in this list from the 60s, what clearly jumps out over any other is Stan and Hilda. Um, although I don't know how much... I mean, they, they came in, what, 63, 64, maybe? I can't remember. But they, they were a couple for 
yeah, all of the 60s, all of the 70s. And I think that's, mm. and, and first half of the 80s. And I think that's something that does count a lot for a couple. It's how long they can stay together, which is something that current Coronation Street isn't Very good as at. good at. And it's sometimes it's Corrie's um, fault, if, for lack of a better word. And sometimes it's an actor wanting to move on. But the, um, the long-term love and affection that Stan and Hilda shared for each other certainly counted for a lot and and that's another example of two actors that just clicked straight away weren't they it is so funny as well though because I whenever I think of Stan and Hilda I always think they're new because they did they weren't in the original cast no I know totally they weren't there from 1960 were they it's really odd because I don't honestly obviously think about that with most characters but Mm. Stan and Hilda I'm always surprised when we talk about when they started the show because to me, I feel like they weren't in it for years. Yeah, no, but it's only a few years, mm. wasn't it? I think that what what counted in Han- Stan and Hill's favour a lot is Stan the- and Hill. Stan and Hill, you know, Hin and Stald. <laughs> In and Stalda, oh my gosh. Stan, Stan and Hilda. Stan. What they had um, going for them was that they would stick together no matter what. And because they were the couple who Coronation Street threw everything at, all mm. kinds of often, Hard- often hardships. comedy hardships at, yes. um, I, I think seeing a couple rebuffing all of that and, and getting it through together. And yes, sometimes Hilda would throw him out and everything. Dealing with but... each other's obvious glaring flaws. Mm, mm. Um, I mean, and he was a bit, he was a, a bit of a nasty piece of work to her in the early days as well, wasn't he? Like that. Well, that was, was, it after it was the, funny. Yeah, to, to give her a bit of a black eye every now and then. So funny to knock uh, your wife the, around. The, the for forgotten jokes. Stan past. That was after, um, she, is it she lost in the football pools or something? She, he did that to her. But um, you could tell that they had a really, really deep affection for each other. And although we're still supposed to be in the 60s at the moment, obviously one of the most iconic Coronation Street episodes ever of the early years was the second honeymoon in the 70s. And um, when <laughs> yeah. they when they went off to that, that hotel and Hilda was all um, captured by the magic of this amazing oh, place that had Stan. prawn cocktail and <laughs> oh, salmon yeah. uh, and chocolate mousse and uh, it was just lovely the woman Stanley woman quote the kiss it, it, I think but, one of the hallmarks on. of a good couple is that your best moments are with the other character mm. and most of the Han, um, Han <laughs> now you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> most of their big moments are couple moments aren't they yeah yeah and, and when Stan died that that last episode after his funeral, where where Hilda's you know going through his all his possessions and getting the glasses case and everything, you could completely feel um, the loss there. And I think at the moment, I, I think Sarah and Adam are going to be ones that like the, the benchmark that we return to a lot. I've got the feeling. Like, what's, I feel bad if, for them if Adam um, ends up coughing at some time. But what's Sarah going to do? I think she could move on fairly quickly, to be honest. Yeah. And and I suppose as well in that moment, Jean Alexander was actually mourning, uh, mourning, mourning uh, Benadunes as well, because he yeah. obviously died a few years earlier. But I, I think I think out of anyone and almost any couple, they're the number one. I think they're probably my number one. So we must end the, end the discussion now. But so if, if, if Adam, Adam and Sarah are the benchmark now, they're the benchmark then. We'll see where everyone else fits in between. Is there um, a- With Stan and Hilda as well, it is quite almost surprising that Hilda managed to continue without Stan. Yeah, um, yeah, for a couple but of I, years. I don't think Stan could have done it without Hilda. That would have been odd, wouldn't it? I think yeah, you're right. It's kind of like what right. happened with Frank when uh, Ida died. 
Oh, yeah, and they ended up pairing him off no. with um, Christine Ardman for a bit, yeah, didn't they? That, weird. that was bizarre. Kind of chugged along, didn't he? Yeah. But it never really. No, no. Hilda was the, the the most important part of that relationship, but they were both just so iconic together, and and they kind of had a family. They had Irma for a bit, especially in the sixties, and then going into the seventies, you had Eddie as the kind of adopted son, if you like, in the sim- similar way to you had Jack and. Um, Vera with, when Tyrone came along but um, they, they were just utterly wonderful is there anyone else in the 60s that even comes close to them in your opinion well I really liked Annie and Jack yeah because Annie and Jack were like your grandparents weren't they mm. um, and they were and... originals weren't they they yeah. were right from episode one Hilda and Stan were a bit younger when they first came in um, certainly middle aged yeah. but uh, younger than Annie and, and Jack um, uh, Annie and Jack I just they 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 are the the archetype of the henpecked husband and the the busybody wife, aren't they? Oh. Really on Coronation Street. Yeah, I I love them. Um... And Jack's just like gentle, calming presence in the face of Annie's like chaotic energy. They complimented each other really well and he wasn't he wouldn't have any of her nonsense. Like if if well, she was getting a bit ideas yeah. above her station well, and he was able to it talk for a long down. time and then if he got sick of it he could put the uh, stopped he, to it instantly. Yeah, exactly. They they were they were wonderful together and absolutely the sort of couple you don't yeah. have your grandma. Yeah, he he tolerated he tolerated it until he couldn't, and mm. then it was over instantly. Yeah, they, and they had their ups and downs as well, didn't they? She threw him out one time, yeah. and I can't even remember what that was about. Didn't he? Yeah, he wasn't he going up. He was seeing somebody. Was he? I can't remember I can't what remember it was. Now. All I remember is his London Ladies. London, what is it? London Lovelies magazine that he had. They, they were wonderful together. And that was definitely a 60s thing because I don't think... Did he get may even make it into the 70s? I can't even remember. Well, even, even to lovely. say that it was a 60s thing, like, could you have a couple like Annie and Jack now? I suppose the nearest equivalent would have been Hayley and, and Roy. But even they're not the same. No. No, and, and the fact that they were front of house at the Rovers, I think, made them very memorable. Because a lot of other um, Rovers landlords and landladies, I don't know, you don't remember them as being a couple. Yes, kind of with Bet and Alec, but mostly Bet was the one in charge, wasn't she? And they weren't equal partners in any way. Then you got, you know, um, who else did you have you had? You know, Carl and Stella. Um, Liz was with her son, Steve. Toya and Peter, meh, that didn't work, did it? I don't think there's been... I suppose you did have Jack and Vera um, in charge of the Rovers as well yeah. at the same time. But, but as, a, as a warm, welcoming face to the to the Weatherfield public, Anne and Jack were perfect. I think I think back in the day as well, in this, in this kind of era, the 60s and the 70s, I think that um, couples, especially long-standing couples, because the thing about the 60s is... You you had characters come in who were established and already married. Yeah, and but well, there was no one at the start that was like, oh, let's see these getting together. They yeah. were. Ju- I mean, I suppose, I suppose we had like ha- Harry, Sector and Harry. Yeah, but they were like they were romance, romances were kind of few and far between, and all the character, all the kind of main couples were already established when the show started, and you believed completely that they had been married for for, for donkey's years. Yeah. But also the the old jokes about you know hating your wife and dealing with um like two two couples that just didn't really get on with each other but they mm. were stuck with each other yeah um and you know is that kind of a perverse form of true love where you are dedicated to this person even if you're not particularly that fond of mm. them and 
um, that kind of relationship I don't think exists anymore because you can get divorced if you want to. Whereas back in these days, especially for women, getting divorced from your husband would have been incredibly difficult. And well, you wouldn't have been able to, to, you know, you would have had to struggle. You see, look at Elsie, who Mm. was divorced when the show started and she was raising her kids together, even though they were sort of grown up. She's still kind of having to deal with all of that by herself. And she only really sort of had a comfortable life economically speaking when she had a man mm. yeah and I've put Len and Elsie here question mark because they were they weren't ever properly a proper couple I mean I think they had even a trial marriage at one point in the I don't know whether it was the 60s or the 70s but they never properly properly got together and like you know we're going out did they that they were always the ships that passed in the night and I think that's maybe for the best yeah. Um, but yeah, I was thinking of like go back in the very, very early days of Coronation Street. I don't even know whether there were a lot of couples. There were a lot of singletons because I mean, going down the houses, you had you had the Barlows, obviously. They were a couple. Then you had... Um, Frank and Ida. Yeah, Frank and Ida. And I mean, they're, they're no Corrie icons, were they? She was splattered by a bus before the year was out. You had um, Albert Tatlock was on his own. You had like Esther Hayes. Um... Uh, what's that? Christine Hardman, Elsie was on her own, Florrie Lindley was on her own. There was an awful lot of that. There weren't so well, many like couples Ina, there. Ina, Ina, Minnie, like, Mar- yeah. yeah, yeah. So for romance, I guess at the beginning wasn't a major thing. But then as the sixties went on, you had Ken and Valerie get together. You had David and Irma, who do hold a bit of a special place in them. our heart, uh, just for a couple of episodes probably that we've seen them in. But I will, uh, you know. The couples that came out of this coming together, the only ones that were terrible were Audrey and Dickie Fleming, <laughs> they were who just are the worst. And... They're like the Adam and Sarah of the 1960s. They are, so we do have the, the terrible couple archetype, like, even who back cares? then. Like, shut up, I don't care about your drama on a pier. Go no, away. That, no, that drama on a pier was amazing, well, to be fair. Where, was where, the only that interesting was, thing that, that ever was the happened. only thing that happened because she was having it off with um was it Lem Faircloth or something? I don't remember. I don't remember, but I don't. You're you're um you're screwing my up my point. Yeah, no. Audrey and Dickie Fleming were just Terrible. mistakes all around. But all like round. David and Irma and Ken and Valerie and Conceptor and Harry, even I really feel like I was part of their relationship and watching them you know, courting and then getting, you know, and going through the early stages of their marriages and stuff. You it was you felt so intimately involved in the, the kind of everyday minutiae of, of their lives mm. that, you know, even though dramatic things happened that are kind of outlandish, um, you still felt like you'd been there for all the rest of it, where you do, you do not get that at all now. No, no, I agree. Which is um, obviously... A difficult, it's difficult, you wouldn't, you couldn't have that now. No. I don't think people no. wouldn't watch it. Although I really d- would love to watch, um, to see if ITV would ever screen Coronation Street from the very beginning. So I honestly, if I was in charge of scheduling or anything, I would argue very strongly that people would actually really like it. Yeah, yeah, I, agree. I honestly I think, so. think that it would be a massive hit. And I think, especially now, going through the pandemic and everything, I think people like homely soothing relaxing <laughs> slices of life kind of old fashioned you know British things like you know that we're trying to bring back the darling buds of May and trying to bring back all creatures great and small are they yeah because those are really classic kind of simple laid back yeah s- 
British things that yeah. that make people feel comforted. Yeah, and yeah. I honestly think that old episodes of Coronation Street from the sixties would do the same thing. But yeah. that's not what we're talking about. Um, well, let's move into the seventies then. And um, I mean, with our sixties, I think we're saying Annie and Jack, Stan and Hilda are the standout couples from that era. Who have we got in the seventies? I've got my list here, Gemma. Any that particularly do it for you? We've got Jerry and Mavis. We've got Elsie and Alan. Emily and Ernest, Deirdre and Ray, Rita and Len, Alf and Rini, and Ken and Janet. There, there now, are you others, can Ken but, you and Janet know, right out. Ken, Ken and Janet was a, Ken and that's who? a bit of a joke. That's not, yeah, that, I mean, I think everybody forgets that Ken had a wife in between Valerie and Deirdre. I mean, in many people's eyes, Deirdre was the first, the one, the only, really. But that that didn't work, did it? It was, it was, in, it was, it was interesting seeing her evolve as a character ever so slightly over the couple of years before she married Ken but forget about that here's an interesting question do you think that if Valerie hadn't electrocuted herself with a hairdryer and they weren't going to move to Jamaica Mm. do you think that it's possible that if what's the actress's name Anne Reid Anne Reid had stayed in Coronation Street could we have seen um, a a, a marriage of of this because she's still alive you know yeah she's still what, what, what would it have been died? like to have watched a a marriage over, you know, fifty years of? Yeah, I just 50, imagine if she'd years. still still stayed in it. I can't remember about why she left. Left wasn't it? Wasn't it the incoming producer that wanted to bump off both of them, Ken and Valerie, and they know. and they decided to give Ken a reprieve? I but think. wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it have been kind of interesting? Mm. I don't know. Oh, I, I don't whether, know if it would have been interesting. I wonder whether. Can you imagine um, Valerie being? in the stories that were later given to Deirdre, like, would would Valerie have been the Free the Weatherfield one? Would she have had the door that confrontation with Mike Baldwin? Or would, would she he have, have had still... the John Lindsay pilot affair? I just think Ken would have uh, stepped out um, with Deirdre. You reckon? Yeah. yeah but so... anyway, um, Jerry and Mavis were so sweet but so short-lived because, unfortunately, the actor who played yeah, Jerry... Graham yeah, um, yeah. ...died before they could really make a couple out of these two. But they were so funny together. They were such a pair of little timid yeah. mice. And that's another couple that's that you think are oh, what-if. But that they did give way to Derek and Mavis, who Derek I think are definitely uh, in the 80s. I mean, De- Derek was bumbling around in the second half of the 70s, I'm sure. But I think that they're more of an 80s, 90s couple in my mind. I think out of all of this lot, Rita and Len stand out to me if we're looking at proper iconic couples. Um, they had an interesting start where she was like in a common law relationship with this other guy, wasn't she? Harry something or other. And I think that's a bit of a forgotten past for Rita there. But um, Rita I, I, was a flighty miss. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I don't get excited at the thought of Rita and Len together, but I like... they, they felt very no, they, they fitted had a lot of with chemistry, each other, didn't they? And they had they had an interesting story because she always wanted to be quite independent, didn't she? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was very she's controlling. She's always been and... the same. That's the, that's the one good thing about Rita is that she's been an independent woman her entire mm. way through the street, and now she now she's got to the age that she's at, and. Um, she's still got that same streak to her. Yeah, Rita's hitting 90 next week, apparently. I know. I know, amazing. Um, but they, they, they were an okay couple, but I don't think that Rita and Len are one that many people look back on and say, wow, they were brilliant. Partly, I don't know whether it was just they didn't have the story there to mm. to, to say, yeah, to cement them, that they, they have made it through this particular you know, trial. roadblock, trial, obstacle in their life. Don't say roadblock when you're talking about Alf and Rini. Oh Rini yeah, as well. <laughs> that was a that was a, a weird one, wasn't it? Alpha Rini together. 
Um, we we are. I bit... really liked Emily and Ernest because I liked there's Emily nobody and like them. No, just the uh, there's the the two kind of very uh, tight laced, yeah, <laughs> Christian. But even even Ernie Ernie had his own little. Oh yeah, because he was off photographing off, yeah. strippers in Spain, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. I thought he that yeah, arrested, that, that they're another one who there's nobody quite like these days. And also, again, I don't think they could do this kind of strange, childless Christian older couple. No. I don't think people would warm to them. No. Um, but I think that Emily and Ernest at the time in the seventies, they weren't unusual. No, I don't think so. And I, and I think that the fact that you know, Emily never really got over I know. Ernest's death. Isn't that all kind these of years like later. the greatest romance then? Yeah. You know, because she like the, she never really she she did date she she, she, she dated Ernest find, Swain, didn't she? Yeah, there was Ernest uh, Swain. Arnold Swain, sorry. There was um. Bernard, the the vicar in the nineties, but yeah. none of those really. One of them was a bigness, the other was a <laughs> just a, just no. The other actually, that he he dumped at Emily, didn't yeah, he? Because, because um she she had a breakdown and he he remi- right. she reminded him of his he mum. He had very he had a very poor attitude towards mental health. He did, didn't he? Yeah, but um yeah, Emily and Ernest, they were just they were lovely, probably a little bit boring, but they very su- boring. suited each other right down to the ground. But yeah, exactly, and it's it's not always necessarily the in- the most you know. You could tell stories about Ernest and Emily, and you could put them into situations that were very strange and see how they reacted. Mm. Um, and that was the that was like the joy of of them as a couple, wasn't it? That that they were they were a bit boring. Like, yeah. I remember Emily going through her, her holiday slides and showing everyone. Yeah. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> um, I think Deirdre and Ray are another iconic-ish couple from then. But... They would have been iconic in the 70s. Yeah, that's... I think you're right. I think they would have been. I mean, looking at this 70s list, I think... I mean, because... Stan and Hilda are still the main couple of yeah. the 70s. And all and, and and as they went through this decade, this is when you had your your special episodes with Stan and Hilda and Eddie are in X situation. Oh, yeah. And there's a little sitcom episode yeah, for yeah. it. Whereas all these others, I don't, none of them excite me quite as much well, as I mean, those do. But Deirdre and Ray, I think... Yeah. But if, if, if um, Ray hadn't left, they could have developed into a greater couple but he well, he was he was just a bit of a nasty piece of work wasn't he honestly though it, at this period ray and len were like the main yeah they two were the main, like ken ken was fine but he was quite peripheral mm. for a long time he really really he was, was he was uh, sort of on another plane of existence wasn't yeah. he with his intellectual yeah but, about. but there was there was a lot of of len and ray um, uh, were they number nine at that point? I think just sitting at their kitchen table. Yeah, I'm trying to re- like remember. With, with Jerry sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But being when, bachelors, but, and then Deirdre, obviously, sexy specs. She she was one of the young set that they brought in. Mm. Um, and I think that they would have been quite the hot thing, wouldn't they? Yeah, I think so. I haven't but... read any magazine articles from the time, which is what I like. I don't think I've got very many seventies mm. magazines. But yeah, then he had he had the affair with um, what's her face? Didn't didn't they? I can't. What remember. a trollop. Yeah, no, I can't remember. She was the one that was, you know, the female lister in Red Dwarf. That's all I remember. Do you remember in that, um, in the Parallel Universe episode? Oh, right. And and that, and then that kind of ended. He went off to Amsterdam, and and that was the end of that. But I, I just, I never really liked Ray. And I think when no, I started I re doing the rewatching, I thought I don't like Ray and I don't like Len. But then rewatching, I thought oh, actually I do like quite Len as a character. But late Ray never warmed to me. He's a bit too slimy, and I was kind of. I just like watching both of them. them. They were very interesting to watch. 
Now, yeah. on this list, we've got Elsie and Alan, and they were very interesting because they were a real-life couple. Yes. And because um, Alan Howard, I've forgotten which, which the um, real... Because he's called Alan in real life, wasn't he? Yeah, I can't remember. So you got didn't, Pat didn't Phoenix. Pat Phoenix pick him to play? She picked him as her husband to play in mm. the... And she was thought he was quite the dish. Yeah. And then they kind of had a kind of a similar relationship in their own life as they did on the screen where they were yeah and like drunk all the time <laughs> didn't get on well Both alan had his own drinking phase massive didn't nightmare he? yeah i was speaking of elsie I, mean, I quite liked her with steve tanner i thought that was quite a nice little love story steve but, tanner yeah but the, oh, i was thinking of steve fisher i was like what steve fisher but then when he went off to america and it was apparently massively yes. abusive to her and then she came back and oh, was like, yeah. oh that doesn't because really when, tie in with what i imagine about them too it was the first wedding in a church oh yeah i think you might Stephen be right the first on screen wedding possibly well, they said that their vows yeah yeah that was that was a really nice i wedding thought episode. that was it was lovely and um yeah Dennis it showed doing a speech afterwards it showed how important that elsie was in the 60s because it was the 60s that they got married wasn't it yeah i think so late that 60s. they didn't change her surname and that's why they had steve tanner not mm. steve anything else yeah but um yeah elsie and alan um fascinating to watch because of all that own personal problems but alan himself has not in any way gone down as a classic Nobody horror character even know who has he is, he? I don't no think. exactly um and considering that he was married off to one of the most famous coronation street characters ever at least of that era yeah it, it's odd that they, they, they don't go down at all in Corrie. it's because it wasn't memories. a pleasant marriage it was it it no. was troubled from the beginning almost yeah, yeah. But I, I don't think there's anyone else particularly on this list here that really jumps out. But like you said, we've got to give a bit of props to Jerry and Mavis just because how, how cute they were because they were both they so... They were both naive and... Um, Mousy. Yeah, and... and the yeah, bit where they go to in that the ways of love. yeah, together was just very adorable. Yeah. That, that's a, that's an absolutely what, what could have been. But, but, you know, as I say... I mean, I don't know that to... they would have stand, stood the test of time because... They were so similar. That's another thing that's quite important in a couple, really, is either being exactly the same yeah, or, or you're completely opposite. Cheese. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, well, that's why Ernest and Emily worked. Yeah, yeah, they they just complemented each other very nicely, and maybe that did lead to them being a little bit boring. But um, and well, and I don't think they're iconic in in, in any way no, at all. Not. But um, they they were fun to watch. Just. Um, yeah, seeing seeing how they reacted to things in a different way than the more um, other liberal members of uh, of the Coronation Street <laughs> uh, character list. Um, into the eighties, then, and I think as we're going through, and I suppose it's just a, a natural consequence of the um, the cast list growing. We're starting to get more and more couples, not necessarily you know iconic ones, although some of them obviously were. But I mean, in this in this list, you got the likes of um, Ken and Deirdre. Um, Gail and Brian, Alf and Audrey, Sally and Kevin, Bette and Alec, Ivy and Don, Derek and Mavis, Jack and Vera. I mean, some of those bled into the 70s a little bit, but this is the first decade, I think, where the, you just, there's, you're just inundated with classic characters. And I wonder, wonder why that is. I wonder whether they sort of realised the power of the couple in this, in this period Maybe. and thought... We need we need more iconic couples and like Stan and Hilda are great. We need to kind of because like 
Because, I mean, obviously Stan and Hilda were petering out a little bit at this time. Bernard Dewan's played Stan, was his health was starting to play up and they knew that they wouldn't be able to rely on those two together. So maybe maybe there was a push for, for the big couples. It's also interesting, and I don't know the answer to this, um, were, were people brought in in the 80s to be part of couples? Because I know, I know that, like, Sally was brought in to be Kevin's girlfriend. Yes, I mean, Kevin had barely been in it for... He'd been in it a year or two, maybe, before Sally came along. I'm not quite sure about anybody else, but I don't know that that was happening in the 70s quite as much as... Yeah, I don't know, I mean... But, you know, Jack and Vera came in... And Vera came in first, didn't she? But she was always married. She was always married to Jack and she would talk about Jack and then it was at Gail and Brian's wedding that Jack made his first appearance. And they're, they're, it's along with Stan and Hilda, another utterly iconic Corrie couple. But it also feels like it was an accident, you know, because they didn't go, let's introduce a new iconic couple. Jack and Vera are going to be, you know, everyone's going to be talking about them. They brought Vera in and they went, oh, she must be married to somebody. Yeah. You know, and then they brought... Because he used to be a stand-in, didn't he? Yeah, he, he did. The they just worked together so well. Artist. And another very um, hen-pecked husband. <laughs> in the, uh, that that seems to be what works best on Coronation Street, having the hen-pecked husband with the, the strong, um, domineering Wild, yeah. woman. Um, and but they they were they, they were a couple in the eighties nineties noughties. We had, we had a good thirty years, didn't we, of Jack and Vera, which, as I said earlier, counts for an awful lot. Uh, but also, like Stan and Hilda, they went through the ringer, and you could see all the all the misfortune they had with everything with Terry, every, all the the horrors that he brought on them. It makes you sympathise with the characters, and when they mm. when the couple come through these trials together. Um, it, it partly makes them go down in history, but they, well, they were just brilliant actors, brilliant couple. Uh, the thing about Jack and Vera is that in the good times, they were very standoffish with each other and they didn't really get on. But when the going got tough, they turned to each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jack would always joke about, you know, how awful it was being married to Vera, wasn't yeah. it? And he, and, he, and she would her. she would tempt, try and tempt him to bed, and especially he'd in the later shudder. years, he'd shudder, yeah. And, and he went off in the early years and had his affairs, didn't he? He yeah. was like, he was off uh, he was with, with Beck, for yeah. example. Um, but yeah, that's right. They, they, uh, and, and then he would go off to see Dulcie Frogger on his window cleaning rounds. But did you remember the scene? I can't remember what the setup for it was, but... Um, she thought he was having an affair or maybe he was or something and then she, she grabs him tightly and hugs him and says that if you do this again I'll kill you or something and then there's a look of horror on his face I can't remember do you know what I'm talking about it it was no it was just him yeah she, you, you could tell through everything that she she cared for him and, and I suppose similar to Stan to, to Hilda Vera always thought that everybody else was out to get him because he was the obviously such a catch yeah uh, and and she'd kind of claimed him and she'd won him and um, she wasn't going to let anyone else get him. But they, they were lovely. And, and to seeing them grow old together and they lost some of the spark as they were, you know, into their into their 70s. But, um, you know, when, when he when He's she died in, in 2008 70s. and then he died a couple of years later, that was that was heartbreaking. And, and deciding to have those be the one and only couple that have ever reunited in the afterlife is very fitting because when... When they hated each other, and when they had the, you know, the Carol Monroe, um, what's his name, um, Vince Sinclair yeah. dating thing in the eighties, another classic moment. That was all funny, but um, the the romance stuff. I mean, I, we we watched. I think um, it's worth pointing out his name was Vince Saint Clair, Saint Clair, yeah, not so. Vincent Clair, Vincent which Clare. I think it might be easy to. <laughs> 
to, to think that's what we're I saying. I can't remember. Was it that their 40th wedding anniversary or something? Or 42nd, 43rd or something when they were at the allotment back in, in, the, yeah. in, the, in the 2000s? And they, it's it, TARDIS of a, of a shed. Yeah, and then they just sit outside in the underneath the stars and he's singing to her. And yeah, it, it was just lovely. It was very You sweet. could really tell through everything that they utterly adored each other despite everything they'd put each other through. And that counts for an awful, awful lot. Um, yes. So, so I mean, out of all the couples that that, that kind of sprung out of the eighties, that they're, they're probably one of my favourites. Then, I mean, Derek and Mavis were another brilliant one because just because of how long it took them to get going, and in a similar way that Mavis and Jerry were suited to each other, I think um, those two were just a perfect match as well, weren't they? And he was pretty sure I'm right in saying that he was brought in as a as a suitor for Mavis. I don't think he had his other storylines before, did he? Well, he was he was a travelling salesman, wasn't he? And he was yeah. always sweet on her and they always, like, ships passing in the night, weren't they? Because they could never get their act together. And well, partly he, partly he it's was... It's him being clueless as well. Like, I'll go, I've got... A, got the set of cutlery and yeah, I'm going to give it to my I'm sister or my mum. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He was Help he was utterly useless. And that, and that was what made them funny to watch, that Mavis would still keep going back to him despite the fact that he treated her like dirt. Although he was better than Victor Pendlebury. And I think that was something that yeah. helped Mavis and Derek... Um, become a classic couple. You had the, the love, love rival. The love, it was. It was the the love triangle, um, which is and a slightly. You no, know, it wasn't like a love triangle would be these days. All I these know because it wasn't hot sexy. young ones. Sex, it was just having their affairs of, behind their backs. Yeah. And everything. Yeah, it was. It was way more real, wasn't it? Because it wasn't yeah. just all these hot people. It was very funny. Lusting after each other's bodies without actually knowing anything about. Yeah. Their personalities. They were. They were so so good together, Derek and Mavis. I absolutely love them. Um, who else have we got there? Well, Gail and Brian were interesting, weren't they? Because mm. Gail was another one of these young, young people brought in <laughs> to appeal to the demographic of younger people, and she was like a modern day. Her and Deirdre, yeah, really were like the modern day mums, weren't they? W- yeah. Watching how do they raise their kids? How do they? Yeah, you know, the, her the little slice of life stuff you got to yeah. see with with Gail building up her house. With, with you don't Nick. get to see that. Like, I mean, even think about Sarah and Adam just spontaneously teleporting to this gorgeous new flat that they they've been living in for how you know and the same with Gary and Maria um it sounds stupid and cliche but if you want us to buy them as a couple let us see them going shopping for a lamp you know let us see them picking out wallpaper Mm. um back in the day the men wouldn't have got involved in that kind of stuff but those are the things that kind of made Gail a bit realer for me when she had her little house yeah and she was getting all excited about moving in and she was you know arranging all the furniture they lived away from the street as well didn't Um, they Gail and Brian you also had the the mother-in-law angle as well which was just brilliant before Brian was funny because he does not feel like he was ever suited to Gail at all but um you know the 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 Krypton factor mullet wearing um muscle bound boy. Yeah, mechanic yeah uh, the, but I, they weren't they weren't really classic they, they weren't really a classic couple and I'm glad that that relationship ended when it did um Alf and Audrey though another one from the 80s onwards I can't remember did they get married what 84 85 maybe I can't remember maybe it was later than that uh they were in a they were a proper chalk and cheese couple weren't they with him being a, a like a, a bit of a Scrooge 
skimflint, a bit, a bit well, she, stuffy. Yeah, she's well, she was the flighty, flighty fun, bird. younger, um, giggly. And, and the, the best thing about those two was just seeing how you know she wanted to spend all this money, and he was a skimflint. Well, and... yeah, and it's also really funny watching it from from the perspective of a couple these days, where it's like, why does he think that he gets to decide what they do <laughs> with all their money, and, and like telling her that what is he saving it for? I don't even know. Yeah, no, he he just wouldn't want to didn't want to spend anything, and then when he dies in in ninety nine, it turns out that he's um, he hasn't got anything. Oh, I can't remember what it was, but she didn't end, 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 inherit it in any of it. But um, they, they were brilliant. But they were another couple that clearly did love each other, and and after he was gone, again, she I don't think she ever really got over her Alfie, did she? No, she relied on him and depended on him, and there it that was another absolutely not sexy, sexy one. But, Most um, of these are not sexy, sexy. You have to go that... quite far into Coronation Street to get the sexy, sexy. Yeah. I think Gail and Brian were the sexy, sexiest. They, they probably were. Which yeah. is probably, and, and maybe Ken and Deirdre. I don't know. Mm. That's probably going to horrify a lot of people <laughs> who are used to them as they are now. But um, that was it. I wonder what, what is. What would you say it is that makes Ken and Deirdre such an iconic couple? Because we're not really persistence. <laughs> Do you think it was the the affair that made it was? Them? It really, honestly, I think it was the the Ken, Deirdre, and Mike mm. um, stuff, and the and the rivalry between Mike and Ken. Um, that it really was like Ken won Deirdre in the end, didn't he? Yeah. And... Well, because I mean, and Mike, even Mike's relationship with Susan was sort of partly to get yeah to get at him yeah. Because Ken always did look down his nose on Deirdre well, a little down, yeah, bit. Yeah, he looked down on everybody. Honestly, I think that Val was his only equal. Yeah. And even then, I don't think that he really thought, because she's a woman, he's mm. not. she's not on his... Well, even after this um, affair with Mike uh, had kind of resolved itself and, and he, she, she allowed him back into her life, he then, uh, towards the end of the 80s, has this affair with Wendy Crozier, doesn't he? So he didn't... He didn't show his appreciation for her. But then when, when they split up for good after that, well, not for good, because they got back in the early 2000s, didn't they? But he was still pining for her for a lot of the beginning of the 90s. And um, it, it did feel like they belonged together. And seeing them let's say in, in, in Anne Kirkbride's final years, kind of together and happy and comfortable with each other, they, they, they were definitely believable as a couple, despite the despite the age gap and everything. Well, again, they feel like a fa- they felt like a family unit. Yeah, because they had Tracy, didn't they? And, yeah. Uh, they... And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have, have a lot to say about Ken and Deirdre. No, I don't either, and I don't know why, because they're another, they are a proper, proper iconic couple, aren't they? Yeah. But they, they just are because they are. It's the and, stories, and the... It's, it's not, it's the stories that they were in. Mm. that made them iconic but you know if you're going to talk about who had really good chemistry I'd, I'd argue that Marion and Eddie had oh, I loved Marion a really Eddie. lovely relationship Eddie and I really you know I would bought, I bought them yeah. as a couple because they, they were they were that was a romantic key, giggly yeah. sweet they just got on they clicked with each other and they got each other and I yeah. uh, don't think that everybody else really always did get Eddie you know yeah yeah and and she she put up with him and she saw him like the diamond in the rough you know mm, um mm. yeah that was that was a very sweet relationship yeah and then you have somebody like Susan and Mike who felt like proto yuppies because we had quite a few yuppies over the years well yeah once we get into the 90s we'll see um but they were like the kind of uh, almost originals where 
they were very chilly, weren't they? I don't. Mm. There wasn't a lot of affection between the two of them it felt kind of like a business transaction they didn't oh yeah it was literally that was about kids that was a relation that was one of the first i would say proper proper plot driven relationships standing around in their fancy flat with you know glasses of whiskey yeah they were clearly not suited and that was part of the story but they were they were got together to make everyone say hey look at this it's this it's the son of um um, sorry, it's the it's, Ken, it's the daughter of Ken Barlow going out with his rival. My God, think of the drama that that will make. That, and... that definitely made a lot of really good tension and, and it, yeah, it conflict. did. It did. But um, it did they didn't feel they like a proper couple because of that. But that was that. part of the conflict, though, wasn't it? Yeah, that was part of like this is a car crash. Sorry, mm. Susan, <laughs> from beginning to end, quite literally. <laughs> well, I think that I think. With with some couples these days, they are put together because of the story potential and the oh this is gonna you know, clash with this and you know and not necessarily because of the the chemistry between the actors, but because of you know possible dramas that it might cause. Now, Bet and Alec were another interesting couple. Yeah, like almost completely sexless, even though they definitely did. Get on, mm. get on with each other. Yeah, they get got they got together other. basically because he wanted the pub. Yeah. yeah, she she ran off to Mallorca, was it or or I don't know, it wasn't Mallorca. I can't remember where she went off to Tenerife, maybe. And uh, he goes and rescues her, and then says, "Well, come back as my wife." And there was no proper romance between them but up until me, that point. But they go on. I was going to say to me, this felt. And I think it was completely unintentional, and I don't know that this is the way that most people would see this. But it really felt to me like an a a marriage that felt historical in, in a sense that it's almost like if you told me that Bet and Alec had to get married because they needed to um like align their houses to to consolidate <laughs> power in the north yeah. i'd be like yeah it makes sense it did feel that way because you know it really did this, the idea of marriage as a romantic institution where two people are in love with each other is actually incredibly new as far as human beings are concerned mm. back in the day well the aristocracy i think the common folk could have got married for love but you know the aristocracy would have married for power and allegiances and, and, and as the landlord and landlady yes, of the rovers they really did feel like a proper medieval mm. like you know yeah you're right relationship but yeah. they got on they got on with each other and they dealt with each other yeah and they had some really strong affection for each other and like when it when she got like, pregnant and then had a miscarriage yeah. that was devastating for them both yeah but then when he decides to swan off on the cruise ships and everything yeah. it didn't feel like, like it was like oh well he, he's gone and i'm gonna get on with my life and and he's over and it's, it's over a very now. weird it's very weird but it's very them yeah but also very very iconic seeing the yes. two of them there in front of the bar that was part just of cory's golden away era in the back wasn't room. it i just when i think of bet and alec i think of them both like i think bet hunched over a cup of tea Hungover, a hair ski with, <laughs> furiously smoking a cigarette, while he chows down on a on like a massive cooked breakfast in between also puffing on a cigarette. Yeah, yeah. I just like I love Dalek. And then his, and maybe um, Betty will come in ways. And, and scowl at them and make a cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who else we got in the eighties? We haven't even talked about um, Sally and Kevin. Again, proper iconic, and, and and as much as Sally and Tim are one of the most popular couples on Coronation Street at the moment, it's all about Sally and Kevin for me, and I would like them to get back together eventually. I don't think it's going to happen. Well, it was but they, a... they were a proper let, a young couple. Let's yes. see, they're, they're a bit like Brian and, and Gail, I suppose. Like they well, got the kids, they got the the hardships, they got not much money, but 
if you can believe it, if you never watched Corey in the 80s, Sally was actually the one with rough edges and yeah. Kevin was seen to be too good for her because he was lodging with Hilda. Jack and... Oh, no, Hilda, that's Hilda, right. Yeah. And Hilda looked down her nose at Sally because she mm. thought she was a little tart. And also, the family that Sally was from yeah, was very r- very rough. Yeah. And um, that's completely different now to, you know, Sally... Yeah. Sally, I'm surprised that Maria hasn't dug up her sordid plastic boot-wearing past. <laughs> but um, I, I think when I look at Sally and Kevin... Um, I think they were well, very well suited to each other. I think Mike and Sally had very good chemistry, um, the actors. But um, they were another one that didn't have that many interesting stories. And sometimes when they no. tried to give them them, like there was one in the early 90s where she gets a head turn by by someone or other. I can't even remember. It wasn't that it wasn't that interesting. And it wasn't until the affair yeah, yeah, yeah. that um, Sally, uh, that, that Kevin had with Natalie in 97, yeah. that it kind of really made any big story impact and maybe Brian Park was right to do that and was, they would have just been happy and safe with each other and maybe yeah. a bit boring but 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 sometimes you need boringness they had the kids and you saw them grow up and you know just I suppose they were very um relatable to, to many yeah, people that's watching the thing. Coronation you relatable Street couples don't you we they don't didn't... really have that now no no like the most relatable person is Chesney and Gemma who are struggling but you know their their troubles aren't relatable really don't because think anyone would want to identify with Chesney and uh, Gemma and Chesney really. but like with um with Sally and Kevin there was a bit of a you know a, a Romeo and Juliet kind of like oh forbidden love aspect yeah there. yeah there was and the there other was. thing that's really interesting about sally is that she is now one of the longest running cast members on coronation street oh yeah but i wouldn't say that they established carrie sally's current character and personality for a good 20 years no no she, she wasn't a snob until the early 2000s was she think when about, Rosie was you know, going to she's work nearly Hill. been in it for 40 years now mm. Mm. i don't know when she came in during the 80s but you know 30 40 years she's been in the show and i'd say for a good 20 years she was not Sally. She was just whatever the story needs. Yeah, she she changed an awful lot. She was um she was like you said a bit of a rough rough thing at the beginning, and, and then, then she, she was, was just like a, a mum. Yeah, then mum she was a bit boring and businessy and, and sad and and unappreciated. Yeah. But she didn't t- she didn't have her comedic turn until no. you know yeah twenty or years snobbiness. ago or so. No, no, not at all, not at all. Um, I, I would like to, before we move out of the 80s, give a bit of a shout out to Ivy and Don, who I just found fascinating because I love Ivy and another chalk and cheese relationship where he was just what would be an easygoing taxi driver. He was, you know, he'd, he was in the second half of his life and he just wanted to have fun and gamble a little bit. And um, they, they were very, they, there was a, some romance there in the early years, but the, the more neurotic that she got and the more paranoid and after Brian died and everything and she would just couldn't let him drop seeing Don realize that he couldn't compete with her dead son and everything that that turned him into I I really loved and you I you, you enjoyed the uh, the Ivy stuff as well I love Ivy I think she's this. really she's, great she's amazing but not not an iconic um not an iconic couple, couple but, but can you go back up really again really fun to watch yeah um, sorry I'm just scrolling down my notes yeah, there's not really... I mean, I wanted to say Rita and Alan um, were probably the first, like, proper sinister Yeah, yeah, they couple were. Couple where... Obviously, we know what happened with Rita and Alan. It, like, he, be, when like, Alan was brought in for the first year or so, he was just, you know, a business man, yeah. wasn't he? There wasn't an evil edge to him. And then they decided to give... Um, to, to say, right, well, we're going to go down this route with you. And, yeah, he he was... They were the first couple, I would say, that were... 
one of them's a normal character and the other yeah, one's the, the villain. villain yeah. I suppose we had it a little bit with Emily and, and, and Arnold, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, but like, but... this was probably the first time Coronation Street tried to talk about abuse in a relationship in a properly targeted and intelligent way because, you know, in... There, there was abusive couples all the way through Coronation Street, but most of it was like, this is just how it is. You've got to beat your wife from time to time. <laughs> you know you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Um, but this was like the, the first time we actually saw somebody calculating and sinister yeah. in and a I, relationship. And I think with, with Gail and Brian as well, that was probably the first, well, one of the first times that we saw the one of them's going off and having an affair and sleeping with other women or dating other women, taken to the clubs and everything, um, which has also, you know, become a bit of a a trope in relationships now as well. One of them goes off and, and strays. Um, into the 90s then, um, probably probably fewer iconic couples, but you still do have some big names like Roy and Haley. They obviously, their genesis was in the 1990s. And I would say they are absolutely one of Corrie's best couples ever, just in a, in a similar way to Ernest and, and Emily, I suppose, just being kind of sweet and timid, but taking it to the next level that... Um, she needed acceptance, so did he, um, and they were there for each other, and just absolutely lovely and sweet and romantic, and despite, you know? Yes, definitely. And, and all that Amsterdam stuff, I absolutely love it. They they really hit the nail on the head just right there with Roy and Haley. They were perfect for each other. But it's the... funny also watching it back now, even though Roy is supposedly the most accepting character and he's like really nice and um everybody thinks that they, it was plain sailing he actually had um sorry he had like a bad reaction when he found out oh yeah yeah um and i think that they they handled haley as a character in a lot more realistic fashion than they would probably dare to do now because they're reactions. scared of they're scared of showing mm. people in a negative light being people and being bigots and yeah. you know um so even even their even their their relationship was not plain sailing from the beginning to the end but it made it more real and so when they did reconcile and when they did get together it felt like they'd gone through something and that the coronation street feel it feels like nobody goes through anything mm-hmm. anymore or if they do it's kind of clunky I don't know the interesting thing I think with Roy and Hayley is when Julie Hesman House decided she was going to leave she had to die because why on earth would she have an affair and I think that there, there were they, they were you know quite a lot of the other couples that we've mentioned so far you could believe that one of them might have an affair but Roy and Hayley was absolutely no way and when they tried that when they had a fancying that teacher from Africa okay, that yeah, one yeah. time it's like no that does that doesn't work no that was really weird and also it's another couple where you think well when one of them dies you can't imagine the other one ever going out with anyone and that's why the Kathy stuff when after Haley died didn't work for a lot of people because they didn't think Roy could ever move on um, and I think lots of the other couples that we talked about so far you could imagine them carrying on life after their their first partner died like Ken has obviously um, yeah. moved well on after Valerie, Hilda never did, and I think Hilda and Stan and Roy and Haley are, are kind of match up in they're the only person ever for them, and you can't imagine them with anybody else. Um, but yeah, so many others, you you could just pair them off with chop and change. With, yeah, exactly. But isn't that a bit more realistic though? Aren't people like that more than they are? You know, like a swan. <laughs> 
but I like the idea of the the swan swanage nurse and, and I know, when, I when you hit that. gold with a couple I, I I think yeah it does it does kind of give a special um status to those those characters yeah where you know that they'll never yeah because even like you know Bet and Alec when when Alec moved on and then she shacked up with Charlie Whelan for example it felt like yeah what why not but I you could never imagine it Roy properly moving on from Hayley. Well, um, you know, that he's still in the show. Who who else from the 90s looking at our list here stands out for you? Any, well, there's, uh, a, you know, one of the massive uh, 90s couples were Jim and Liz. Yeah, because they came in in like 89, I think, didn't they? And they weren't loved until Liz suffered her miscarriage mm. with uh, baby Katie. Uh, Kate, yeah, I think, um, I think what made Jim and Liz, that was a one that was based on the uh, animal magnetism, wasn't it? Yeah. And they were very fiery and... Um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they came in as a couple already married. Yeah, very so believable. Did... Yeah. But also one who where Jim had been absent for many years because he'd been off in the army and she'd had to raise Steve and Andy herself. But um, they, they were brilliant together because they... Um... Yeah, I think I think this was kind of into the era where they were trying to give more issuesy kind of stories to the characters and they just felt they felt a more I mean, one of the first examples of a proper modern couple that weren't going through i don't know it's difficult to describe um you know sort of carry on problems or i don't know it just they just felt they felt very very real as a couple together it's yeah they they bickered about things that weren't that big of a deal and you know like Corey sometimes feels like everything has to be high stakes and the worst thing ever and elaborate plots and mm. backstabbing and stuff but sometimes you just get mad like you come home and Jim's drunk on the sofa or something or mm. you know Liz is wearing a, t- a skirt that's too short and yeah. they fall out over that they they were brilliant together as were I mean another great couple from the era you got Les and Janice haven't you when Broad brought in in 97 See, it's interesting because Jim and Liz and Les and Scylla no, not Janice. Liz. I've written Janice. Scylla here. I mean Janice. Came in as couples, established couples. Yes. Um, and the thing is, Coronation Street's pretty good at putting couples together on the whole in throughout its history. Um, so there's not really that much of a difference between a couple that's come in already established and a couple that gets together as long as they can give them enough time. You know, mm. so that's a good that's a good thing yeah, to say about yeah. about the show. Yeah. But yeah, Les and Janice were oh, they were um they were both as horrible as each other, weren't they? I, don't, I think then that Janice... Janice gets a bit of a bad rap. You're really. right, actually. And, and re-watching wrong. some of the late 90s, early 2000s episodes, I think I that think they I think I was quite surprised a... at how everybody in the family was not that bad, apart from Apart from Les. Les. Yeah, I mean, uh, Toya and Leanne certainly had rough edges for the first six months or so, but yeah, even they were... Yeah, it went very quickly, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that they, they had a lovely... Yeah, I, I, you know, feel, feeling bad for for Janice that she has to put up with this Neanderthal for her husband but it was great seeing that they actually did have affection for each other and when they ended up splitting up because she had that affair with uh, with Dennis Stringer that was um that was really heartbreaking that episode wasn't it and I think with Les and Scylla in the 2000s um now we're watching those on the DVDs that was more put together for comedy purposes whereas the Battersby's I th- it felt a bit more real, didn't it? Mm. It didn't feel quite so, oh, what about if Les was paired up with somebody that's even, yeah, even more antisocial than he is? Um, Curly and Raquel is another one in the 90s that's gone down in classic 
Corrie history, and that's a funny one because everybody says, "Oh, Curly and Raquel, this Curly and Raquel, that." But rewatching it again this time, my eyes were open to the fact that they really clearly weren't suited to each other. And that wedding episode, which is on, that's one of my favourite episodes of Coronation Street ever, Curly and Raquel's wedding. Seeing her crying her heart out in the box before she um, gets married to him was um, utterly heartbreaking. He, he, we, we'd seen Curly for, you know. 10, 15 years before then and always being unlucky in love. He had that quite um, uh, out there relationship with Shirley Armitage. The, uh, the, because, and, and that was, um, that was quite a big thing because he, she was black and that was called, or called oh. controversy there. But it, generally Curly was, you know, the lonely nerd well, who Curly. couldn't possibly pull a bird and then along comes Curly, this, you know... You mean liter- Raquel. Raquel, sorry, this, this literal model and he falls for her looks and he's he b- builds this picture of this perfect woman in his head. Yeah. And and in many ways she was just right for him, but then... She, she wasn't. She, she wasn't and he, she would have her head turned by Des or, or the footballer or whatever. He was a nice guy, wasn't he? He's one of these blokes. Now he goes on the internet and and like looks up pickup lines and how to neg women and and like he would be an incel if he was a teenager now, because he was totally fixated on what she looked like and he didn't really care what her personality was. Mm. As long as she was kind of nice for him and, and nice smiled. to him and made his dinner. Yeah, I just don't. I just think he had a really poor attitude mm. to women, and and she saw him as somebody stable and secure. And after everything that she'd been through with, you know, with some nasty blokes that treated her badly, yeah. she thought, "Well, I'm going to settle for Curly." Well, even then. yeah, even if I don't love him, he'll be nice to me. Yeah, which is which is tragic. And it then is. you know, within you know two years, what of them getting married, she. She was like, I, 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 I got my career now. I'm going to go over to Kuala Lumpur, and um, yeah, and that was that. But the fact that they chose to have them as the the centerpiece of the Millennium episode, the reunion, just the two hander, Corrie's first two hander, showed just how important they were to Coronation Street history. Yeah, despite yeah. despite the fact that they just weren't work, at all suited. Work. But but that but there's just as much a drama and in, an interest. In a character, in characters that don't work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I don't think, I don't know. Do, does Corey really do that now? I don't know. Do they put people together who don't work? I don't know. I mean, to watch them fail. The nineties also, or to say something about those those personality types, or what? There were some unlikely relationships in the nineties, like Ashley and Maxine as well. That was another couple that people thought, "Hang on a minute, why is she dating a loser like him?" But they felt like they genuinely loved each other. Yeah, yeah, abs- yeah. They they did, and and she was ridiculed for going out with him for a little bit. But yeah, that that kind of proved that um, it's not all you know un- unconventional, unexpected relationships can work. And I, I think in, think in an alter, like, go on modern. I'm just trying to think of modern relationships where it's like mm, I don't know. I mean, Jeff and Yasmin, obviously, but you you never you knew. You know that he was abusive, and they, we were told it was an issues-based storyline. Is Raquel and Curly is not anything like that, is it? No. Yeah, no, I don't know. Maybe, maybe think, when we, I don't know. Yeah, maybe when we get to modern days, we'll see we'll if we can see find some, anyone quite maybe. like that. But that that was that was lovely. And another p- couple tragic. that didn't work on paper, but definitely worked in, in on you know was Deirdre and Samir because she goes yeah. over to to Morocco. Morocco, meets this guy in a bar or wherever in a yeah, restaurant. A waiter, he's a waiter, it, yeah. 
and she comes back and she's like got to pay for him to come over here and he doesn't really understand the culture and he's got these weird ideas about their marriage and he's not you know because he's quite um traditional and she's obviously a bit more modern yeah and um but they love each other so much he was so lovely and and, and lots of people lots of characters thought that he was trying to take and he just wanted a visa and everything like emily and deirdre yeah. fell out over this didn't they but he was absolutely lovely and softly spoken and, yes uh, he was a gentleman, wasn't he? Yeah, and it just made his his untimely demise mm. the next year all the more tragic. Yeah. Um, who else did we have that that decade? Gary and Judy, I think, are kind of they're just generally forgotten in coronation history history no, anyway, despite the fact that they were in the they show were for just a good nice, three they? years. They they there are two that we still have never done a character profile for, but I couldn't possibly doing imagine doing Gary and not Judy and Judy and not Gary. They're going to be a pair together because a lot of their stories were just them together and and that's what we are suppose criticizing the baileys for at the moment that they don't branch out and i think together they did branch out but they, they were just they were one couple who you think well they're never going to split up everything they do is um because their main story was about judy wanting to get pregnant wasn't it yeah and uh, her quest for a baby and then she had her twins and then tragically was uh died the, the following year but i i thought that um that Gaynor Fay and Ian Mercer had a, a, a great chemistry between them and Well they felt I, like they were a cup you know Yeah, they felt like they utterly belonged together. They they weren't exciting as a couple, but they, they just worked absolutely well with each other. And and once Judy died, then you had Gary hanging on for another what year or so and the character just had nothing to do. It was like his Basically. right arm had been chopped off and then his they they, they got rid of him with that woman from Blackpool yeah. not long afterwards. Um, we had Mike and Alma. They were kind of a power couple in the nineties, weren't they? Another definite. They don't. These don't fit with each other because he would. Um, well, he's unscrupulous, he and yeah. and she had morals, and and she. She couldn't about believe people. all of his ducking and diving and underhand. What did she see in him? I don't even know. They, she they seems just too enjoyed smart. Golf together. She seems too smart to fall falling for all of his. Lines. He treated her so badly yeah. sometimes, didn't he? And, and and she was like guilty by association when he did all of his dodgy business deals and everything. But they, uh, because they were both very strong-willed characters, yeah, right. they they clashed with each other brilliantly. Yeah. Um. I I, I absolutely loved Mike and Alma as a couple. Um. Who else we got? We got like Leanne and Nick. They were kind of a. They were an important issue sort of couple for the late 90s, weren't they? They run off to Gretna Green type and they stayed together for what, a year or so. Well, it was also quite fun because she was definitely the rough girl, wasn't she? Yeah. Like, And he was such a mummy's boy little... I loved Gail's reaction blanket. to him going out with her. Like this, the scene Marianne. where she goes into the shop, where um, Leanne goes into the shop to get a wedding dress and she says she's nicked it and yeah. he's horrified. yeah really funny yeah I, I thought they were they were kind of fun but and obviously Nick and Leanne are still together now they've got a di- one of them's got a different head but I think you know I, lots of lots of people think that they're absolutely not suited to each other I think that they're very very settled and safe and I think they're a, a great couple now they don't particularly excite me but like Carla and Peter at the moment I think they absolutely feel like they belong to each other I know but the trouble is I don't really think of this era, Nick has been the same person. No, so I, I can't... Know. I know that they've got that heritage and long, you know, long mm. relationship. But it, to me, it's, they're, not, they're not the I same I don't person. necessarily feel that the romance between them 
it's just they've they've got a lot of history together, so why not stay together? I we what we don't get with them is yeah the the romantic evenings together, the the gooey eyes, you know that sort you of stuff. You only get that now if they're gonna have divorce. Yeah, I know it's true. It's true. Um, anyone else in there? Oh, Reg and Maureen, of course. <laughs> they were a lot of fun. I thought that Reg and Maureen were a brilliant, just comedy couple. Both um, uh, what's her name? Sherry Hewson and um. Who played Reg? It's gone right out of my head. That's terrible. Ken Morley. They just played off each other as comedic, you know, what characters. And also, just, just perfectly. They were an older couple who were very physically. Yeah, I mean, they were the waterbed scene, and you don't get that a lot. And yeah. although it was played for laughs a little bit, I also feel as though. We weren't supposed to be laughing at them for being sexy with each other. I'm not sure, though. No. Um, I, 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 it's, they, ha- it's nice to have a healthy range of different, you know... I think that Maud, um, Maureen's mum, was the, the perfect Brilliant. third character in that relationship, as well as the very, very, very disapproving mother-in-law. Yeah. And, and he was just an imbecile. And to see her react to her daughter going out with this guy who... Uh, uh, this is, this was a, an, an early example of a couple that were together years and years ago, off-screen, and then they yeah, reunited yeah. Yeah. Um, back in their, in their older years. Because Maureen... Kind of sweet. Like, you see Maud, like... Maud, she knows Maureen's a bit simple and yeah. that she's not going to fare well in life unless she has somebody to look after her. And Maud knows she's not going to be around forever. Mm. And then she sees Blimmin' Reg turn up <laughs> and think, this this is terrible, I can't die. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> God knows what it'll do to her. Just before we leave the 90s, I think we've missed out on the most 90s couple of all, but Des and Steph. Yes. we The Barnes. So you mentioned the yuppies the earlier, yuppies, didn't you? The childless and, uh, yuppies. That, that was, a, they're definitely a, a product of their era. Mm-hmm. This these, these newly rich young ones with their shell suits and they... You watch any show, any kind of comedy or... Or you know, sitcommy stuff or or movie in the in the nineties made in America or Britain, yeah. and there will There's be a, a peripheral there. a peripheral yuppie character yeah. couple who are just irritating to everybody mm. and rub their wealth in everyone's faces all the time, and yeah, well, wear shell suits and yeah. Um, I didn't find them holidays. very interesting as a couple at all. I, I never really liked Des and Steph was even blander for me, but as as I. Uh, a mark of the era, you know, a sign of the times. Yeah, yeah. They they were definitely what the, the early nineties, at least, were all about. Yeah, um, making fun of yuppies. Yeah, so so nineties couples for me. I mean, the the, the most important ones for in, in my heart: Curly and Raquel, Jim and Liz, Mike and Alma, Roy and Haley. I suppose. I mean, you've, you've also you've got Gail and Martin there. I suppose they were another just proper family, family couple. Not that exciting. We all know Gemma's uh, opinion on Martin at the moment. I think I would probably share the same same opinion of him. Little bit dull. So aggressive. <laughs> but I, I think in the early nineties, at least, Martin was a little. Um, Martin. He he was a a little less irritatingly aggressive, but. Um, not not a whole lot to say about them, but they are they are down as a classic couple, partly because this was part of Corrie's golden era, wasn't it? And if you're a couple in Corrie's golden era, you're automatically going to get remembered. Um, into the noughties then, and this is where we're starting to get maybe fewer couples that uh, go down as true Corrie icons. I think that if you're a couple before then, 
you're just naturally going to be in the history books. But there, there haven't been many since then that have really struck the same chord. You've got your Steve and his various uh, women, haven't you? Steve and Karen were iconic for a bit. Then it was over. You've got Steve and... Um, who else did Steve go with? Becky. Again, massively iconic for a few years. And then it was over and it felt like as we're moving into this era, couples are together for a bit of a story for a few years and then they're split up again. Mike and Linda, Gail and Richard, Shelley and Peter, um, Sarah and Jason, all of them kind of okay together, but because they the couples just didn't have the, the breathing space before splitting up for various reasons, I don't know, they're just not particularly memorable. Do any on this? But but there are more couples in, in my list here than there have been ever before. Did we... It's difficult. Are there any genuinely iconic test of timey um, couples here? I, I, I mean, no. Les and Silla maybe. Are, Le- Les and Silla is probably the closest just for the comedy value. But when I look at some of the others, I think they're a bit boring. Like Flip and Ashley and Claire, they stayed together for a long time. But they were utterly dull as a couple in my eyes. I mean, you got Spider and Toya, but that was, I guess, late 90s, early 2000s. So yeah, it didn't last together for long. And, and maybe it's just Spider that I remember rather than... Their relationship. Their relationship together. you got your Carla and Tony... Tyrone and Molly, for a period, were quite good together, weren't they? Before they decided to turn Molly into a raging... Um, sex pot. Sex pot. Running bitch. Um, <gasps> a running bitch? They, they were quite nice together. He he was a, a bit of a homeboy and she was a, a homely kennel mate. Was she a kennel? Oh, no, she was a baker's daughter, wasn't she? But also into dogs. They were. She was very much the... <laughs> the female Tyrone at the beginning. But yeah, then they changed her for plot purposes. And now who who really has any affection for Tyrone and Molly together? Yeah, you're right. All of these characters really had big stories that ruined them as couples. Yeah. Liz and Vernon, they were Don't kind of... Don't know that that's true about them too. No, no, they, they didn't. But they, they, were, they were kind of fun for a little bit. Vernon was just a bit pathetic and that was his... USP. Vernon was like the male equivalent of a trial in a bag, fellas. Yeah. You know, yapping away, put him in his bag, he'd mm. quiet down. Yeah. He's um, just an accessory. I suppose Dev and Sunita maybe might be considered a classic curry couple. I mean, we're not talking Stan and Hilda levels here, but they... Well, they had a lovely wedding. They had, they did have a lovely wedding, but then it was only a few years later that she bogs off with, with Ardy and Asher and then comes back and... Dies. And, and dies. <laughs> Tyrone and Maria, in the early days, were very romantic. I mean, we can't ever forget the Blackpool Tower scene, but... I mean, the fact that there are multiple people on this list over and over again, Tyrone and Molly, Tyrone and Fizz, yeah. Steve and Becky, Steve and Karen, you know, the same people over and over again. Yeah, it just felt like, yeah, put characters together for a bit, let them have their uh, their adventures together, and then... One of them leaves, and then you've got the rotating cast list, haven't you? And how many of these characters even lasted on the show for more than a handful of years, let alone as part of a couple? Um, Emma and Curly, the most boring couple ever? Yeah, totally. I wonder who is the most boring couple on Coronation Street? I don't know, I think Dickie Fleming and Audrey yeah. Fleming are, are up there. But that prob- would be a good list to yeah. do. Oh, Pro- oh, probably couples that couples. we don't remember anymore. I mean, with all of these years, there are going to be people that I haven't written on the list yeah. here that aren't worth oh, talking definitely. about. Because I, I, I guess maybe, is this just a reflection of modern times that 
um, traditional family values and, and oh. picking your partner and staying with them isn't the done thing They're letting quite people so date. much anymore. Well, you know, back in back at the very beginning of Coronation Street history in the 60s, um, you would have been... It would have been very difficult to have dated properly and gotten to know somebody before you had to marry them because p- tongues would start wagging. Yeah. You know, and it wouldn't. You would have courted, and maybe got stepped out stepped for, out to the for a few months or something, and been chaperoned, and then mm. would have had to have married. Yeah. And if you didn't get married, yeah, it was obviously a very very different world. Mm. Um, and also, people w- wanted to watch different things. Like now, people do like watching raunchy, sexy sex times, <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I just, I just, I've got very little to say. Looking at these lists, they've all got them, you know, memorable moments. Like your Shelley and Peter have got the moment when when his bigamy was revealed. Shelley and Charlie, they exactly. had their great story. But the earring ripping again. The same person. Yeah, yeah. More than once. You got Carla and Tony. They they were they were good for a bit. You got. I, I think out of all of these couples, you know, Stephen Becky and Stephen Karen were. Most they were probably iconic. the most popular. They, yeah, very. Yeah, and pop- they were the they were the tentpole couple. But that... I think it was partly because of Siran Jones and um, Catherine Kelly. Yeah. Rather than necessarily anything that Simon Gregson brought to the table, but that they they could have had those actresses decided to stay in the program. Yeah. Really had the staying power to maybe become a classic I Coronation so. Street couple, but I, I don't know about the rest of them, honestly. No, it's. it's uh, I think Spider and Toya could have been a. They were an interesting <laughs> I alternative. I don't couple. want to be mean, but maybe the new Emily and Ernest Bishop were. <laughs> they think that they're being wild because they're taking photos of uh, of things or climbing up trees, but really <laughs> they are quite steady. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, that, let's just move on into this last decade then. And then... I just want to say, like, oh, Spider, like, everyone thinks he's kind of, you know, quite alternate and everything, but he really is quite a middle-class kind of guy, isn't he? Was he? Yeah, because he he always landed on his feet, um, and he was, he kind of had this kind of ephemeral view of the world that wasn't rooted in reality. Like, nobody who's proper working class has got time to go up a tree. <laughs> I know he didn't have anywhere to live, but he also had a support network. And then he went off and opened a juice bar. That's really yeah, middle that's class. That's the last we've heard of him. Like, <laughs> how, how working class of an ingredient is wheat germ <laughs> or, um, you know, matcha tea? Mm-hmm. Don't think, really. Let's let's look at the last decade then. And, and I think probably what we've been saying about the characters and the couples from the, from the first decade of the new millennium probably fits with here as well. Um, some fleeting couples. I mean, notable, I'm looking just right in the middle of my list here where we've got Rana and Kate. They're obviously, um, for various reasons, a noteworthy Coronation Street couple. And I don't think there have been very many, um, if any, I- properly iconic gay or lesbian couples say, on Coronation yeah, Street. Yeah, this is the first decade where you're starting to see um, same-sex couples yeah. properly being represented um still not really had anybody i mean there's nobody that's gone the distance really has there would would have been quite funny if they had um 
really put uh, themselves on the line and, and um, revealed that Rita and Emily had been a lesbian <laughs> couple for all these years. And well, I've it... not seen a whole lot of them recently. You never know what's going on well, with them. Well, quite a lot of people will talk about, you know, I remember when I was little and we had Auntie Auntie Penelope yeah. and Auntie Susan and they always seemed like really good friends <laughs> and then suddenly that dawns on somebody that the, all the oh, time they've that. been uh, <laughs> a couple. Don't wash your mouth out, Gemma. Well, I think, I think it, you know, it happened. I, I think looking at my list of couples in the in the 2010s, Sally and Tim are by far the most, or the closest you can get to an iconic couple. Steve and Michelle, I will argue for them as well because mm. they we did not like them. But they certainly did dominate the screen, they, yeah, and that's, that's why true. we kind of got they annoyed stayed together with them. for quite a long time. They were didn't pretty, they? they were a pretty big power yeah. couple, and also because they were in the Rovers. Yeah, but everyone loved Sally and Tim, and, and and Tim maybe is not as popular now as he once was. But I, I don't think it would take much to like turn Tim round again. Because I'm undermining him, him so making I'm beloved the war. again. You are, you're, you're infiltrating I'm, the Curry fandom with am, your anti Tim views. I'm, I'm, I'm spreading my propaganda. But they, they were fun as they were. They were almost. You can, you can see shades of Stan and Hilda in Sally and Tim. Well, also a little bit of Reg and Mooring because of how randy they were all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm thinking. And still with, now, with, with Sally and Tim. Uh, and Hilda and Stan, they kind of Hilda at least thought she was better. In many she ways than other people. She did have aspirations. And that and that's no, Sally to a T, isn't it? Yes. Um, another kind of... If, if you're thinking at couples of the last 10 years, you got the whole Weatherfield washing machine of Peter, Nick, Leanne, Carla and all of those two together. And they kind of dominate. Not in a particularly exciting way now looking back on it, but... Well, it was certainly a time when um, those that story was made sense and that there was a history established that um they were playing with and you can't fault them really mm. for for throwing together all these very attractive and popular characters in yeah. in with each other in, over and over again to see what was going to happen yeah yeah tyrone and fizz of of you know, then they're not going through the best time at the moment, but they kind of lasted well, the decade, together. didn't well, they? Well, they they did, yeah, they did their best. As and they they kind of definitely fall into the category of safe, just Families. general family yeah. slice of life. Let's see how they get on raising their kids, and maybe they don't get up to very much exciting together until the eventual not not an affair you know one of them gets Split. wandering eyes. Yeah. Well, I think that's similar for Beth and Kirk, who, by the way, are still going. Yeah, they, they they are, and they've, they've been going together a long time, haven't they? But they're, they're still not married again after the whole Beth's a bigamist ridiculousness. Tom, Tim got away with it. Why didn't... <laughs> I mean, Beth and Kirk, for a time, were a really, really popular couple, weren't they? Yeah. I think that they've just really done a number on Beth recently, and Kirk is well, starting listen, to grate. Kirk's turned into a lobotomised idiot, and Beth is a shrill harridan, mm. and that wasn't the point of their characters. No, that doesn't make for a, a fun couple. No. And I kind of forget that they, they were kind of quite fun together in the early days. Um, who else have we had this past decade? You got you still got, as as we've had since the 90s, you're this character goes off with somebody who turns out to be a wrong one because you're yes. starting off with Rita and Alan in the late 80s then you got Deirdre and John then you had Gail and Richard and in this decade we had Eileen and Pat that yeah. fell into the same mould well, also... and I do like that as part of a couple having one character not realising the other one's the evil. other one was a wrong one that's I've not got bored Tracy of that Charlie. trope at all yeah yeah exactly 
Well, no, Tracy and Charlie was more interesting than that because they sort of turned. Also, yeah. Yasmin and Jeff. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's that's a classic soap. Um, but is that the tens or the twenties? Um, I've, I've lost uh, track of Yasmin and decade. Jeff. Well, he he dies in um, in Christmas twenty twenty, didn't he? Oh. So he straddled the decades. God, I can't follow <laughs> time anymore. Um, who else did we have there? Jenny and Johnny. Yeah. Well, what could have been there? They, they were they were a proper Jenny and Johnny, traditional romance with a bit of sexy, yeah. sexy thrown in. Weren't Jenny and they? Johnny, I think, is probably the sort of neatest tragedy of ro- or romantic tragedy mm. of modern Corrie because you know the whole thing from beginning to end was actually a, a coherent story, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, it really was. She fell in love with him. Everyone thought she was a gold digger. He saw something in her that nobody else did. Um, they they got married, immediately struck by drama when the roof got taken away. <laughs> um, moved into the Rovers and became landlord and landlady. And then fell, um, you know, he, he had his medical drama, went to prison they they split they up, that, but I then just but then reconciling at the very end, then and declaring their love for one another right right at the end. Actually, like I say, there aren't very many characters or, or couples that have an arc like no, that. They really did, but I, I I still insist that had Richard Hawley wanted to stay with the program, that they really had the potential to go on to be a much loved, well respected, and very very solid. Corrie couple well, but maybe, maybe yeah. it's better that things were snatched away so it wasn't completely spoiled and, and they did kind of disappear off towards the end and I think that was well, partly a Covid thing it's partly a Covid thing and partly that Richard Hawley said he was leaving and then he had to stay around for so, another year yeah, yeah. and another pun along the same way line as Rini he was treading water for quite a lot of time <laughs> and then he just drowned yeah oh Jenny and Johnny what, but what might I have been I think a beautiful a beautiful story that lovely, I don't I lovely still wedding don't as well. think it was very, it's, it's really um, struck accord with a lot of people because I don't think that they've really cottoned on to the, the, the arc that they, those two have and maybe it might be something that gets teased out as we distance ourselves more from it and people look back on it and, and kind of appreciate it more because mm. I think like you a lot of people were thinking oh this would have had more impact if they had been stronger towards the end. Yeah. But it was just the unfortunate circumstances of the way that the story had to be told. Yeah. Look, looking at this and, and even comparing to some of the, the the decades before this, they were one of the proper romantic couples, weren't they? A bit like they did with Seb and Nina recently, where yes. you really felt that there was a bit of butterflies in the stomach when they looked at yeah. each other sort of thing, which maybe you don't get quite so much with some of the other more recent couples. Um I think that just just moving on before we move on, Sinead and Chesney, they work quite well with each other because she was brought in to be a girlfriend to Chesney, wasn't she, if I remember rightly? And I think that both, she was a bit kooky and he was, I mean, he was not a boring arse even five years ago. But then when that that didn't last, he ends up going with Katie Armstrong, didn't he? And then he just kind of lost it from there. But I, I, I quite like them as a couple for a time. Well, Billy and Todd are probably the the best. If you're talking about a gay couple, they're probably the best couple that we've had. Yeah. Although, I mean, I think that Billy and Sean had their highlights as yeah. well. I, I yeah. think that they they were very well matched, but I don't think there's going to be ever any comeback to them. And But Billy and Todd, yeah, there was that was the um, 
one's a vicar and the other one's evil. An atheist. <laughs> um, they've never brought in a gay couple established as a couple, have they? No, no, they, they haven't. Did, You're absolutely right, they, actually. Kaz, was Kaz... No, she, well, she no. had she had some... No, because Sophie things, was yeah. already in the show. No, who was she going out with? Jenna... Maybe I don't, I don't remember. remember, but what they what what I want them to do now is to bring in, like you know, uh, yeah, Bert and Gary, who've been well a bit like in Desperate Housewives when they brought the gay couple for 20 in there. Years. Yeah, and there's no hint of sorry because you know I'm I'm going to have an affair with one of the other yeah no. gay characters. Just, just like make together. normalize it. Be please. like be like Aggie and Ed. Yeah. Just they that's that. They're the couple. Get over yeah, it. They're let's staying have some together. drama about something other than the fact or that we're maybe we're gonna end up with Mrs. Crawshaw and uh Dr. Gabbas. Oh yeah, they're, um, they're, being the lesbian power there. couple that I've been predicting for <laughs> for all these years. Um I tell you what, another couple from the last decade that I, I liked and is quite underappreciated, Andrew and Lloyd. Loved they Andrea and Lloyd. I know both. They of looked them. like they had a bloody good time. All they did. Together. Just smiley, weren't they? Whereas this, this is a different decade. No, no, no. This is still, this is still, is in it? The, this is still in the tens. Yeah, because they, they only left what, maybe five years ago now, possibly. What about Danny and Frankie? What about oh, Danny that, and Frankie? Uh, that was the, that was the thousands. Actually, yeah, it I'll was. Put this in my You've wrong put this list. In the wrong bit. But yeah, and Andrew and Lloyd together, I thought they were amazing, and uh, I just loved both of those characters. I deeply, deeply adored both of them. And and what I like is when you get characters that you really feel strongly for, and you put them together, and you think, yes, a bit like when Toya and Imran were put together. I was like, yes, that's going to be amazing. And and you know, there hasn't been any wonderful, memorable Toya and Imran stories, have there? Sadly, but I. They're a couple that I just want to, you know, protect and keep together at all costs. Yeah, and the, and the very, the very thought that Imran had his affair with Abby kind of terrible. puts me on edge because I'm like, oh no, but this could split them up. And and I, what I did like with Andrew and Lloyd is that they went off into the sunset together yeah. in the back of their open top car, and they came and back they, and then they, they went away again. <laughs> yeah, and then they, and they had their kid, and and maybe it's things are best left like that. Well, Brian and Julie were a little bit like that. Yeah, Brian and Julie, they yeah, were like they, they were, were good fun. together. Yeah. Um, and yeah, because then did they go off together? I can't remember. Well, they, well it didn't work, did it? Because Brian didn't came work back. Out. They uh, did Ju- go Julie off. is a, like one of those characters that I look back on and go, oh yeah, yeah. Forgot about her. What I did I like her. about her? I really liked her, but she I can't remember capes. what. But yeah, Brian and Julie, they they were much better suited than Brian and Kathy, I think. But that's just because they just don't know what to do with Brian and Kathy. So. Out of out of who we're left with now, Gemma, is there anyone here that you think that could go on to be a, a future Corrie iconic couple? Are there who who does it for you? Well, I, you know, we've been really down on everybody on 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 uh, and sort of compa- comparing modern and, and old Corrie and saying that they're not very good at couples. But actually, there's still still some pretty solid people like Steve and Tracy. Honestly, very underrated. Yeah, but, but some they... people just do not do not get on with Steve and Tracy being well, a couple do they I think they? that there's a bit of a blind spot as well with Steve and Tracy because they're kind of stealthy under the radar aren't they but but they've they, they you know Tracy said before that Steve was like her love of her yeah, life yeah you know and since teenage years and yeah. she has treated him awfully over yeah. the years hasn't because she's she? just a horrible human being yeah um but but I, I i've always gunned for steve and tracy and wanted well. them to be a couple and i remember when they were going out was it when she when um amy was very young and then steve tricked her and divided the house into two and i was yeah. like no i thought you were getting back together yeah there's that i think that simon gregson and kate ford worked very very well together um and 
and they've they've taken some of the rough edges off Tracy recently a little bit, haven't they? And and there's been it's been a bit of a while since. I mean, since they got married a few years ago, have they actually had a decent proper story together? Not really. No. Um, but maybe. But I, they're, they're, and maybe that's a good way because sometimes all they can do with couples is split them up, and and I think that they. Yeah, they, they absolutely, to me, feel like they belong together and it's just taken them a long time to, to get there and realise it. Another couple that I like now, that I didn't like before, is David and Shona. Ah, oh, do you like them now? Now Shona's been shot in a box, I really feel that I like them as much more as a couple. And I don't really know what it is. I never really liked Shona before. David um, and Kylie we didn't mention earlier is one from the last decade. Everybody loved them. I, I loved just didn't, David didn't... and Kylie. Because they were so perfect for each other. Because they were both a pair of little scallywags, weren't they? They were. Like little, little scallywags, like running in and out of, of chaos all the time. Whereas like Shona now, she just feels more suited. And I don't really know why. Why? What was wrong with her before? I, I couldn't tell you, but I think she's a bit boring. Yeah, you did think she was boring. She's just got a bit more of an edge to her and a bit more of a spark. Because she's like unpredictable now, kind of like David But is. she's not ridiculously unpredictable like she was... You know, straight away after. after the coma, I think I think they're very well suited. I, I I think that I think that David and Tina. I think that she was his most exciting um, partner, and the ones that were that were best suited to each other. But see, I keep forgetting they were David. Yeah, da- David and Shona. I would be perfectly happy for them to stay together for a long time. But you know, who knows. Um, who else have we got? We we talked about yeah, Ed and Aggie earlier. I think that they're very well suited to each other, just very safe and cosy with each other. Yeah. I'm totally believable they've been together for a long time. Yep. You got your um you got your Toya and Imran, who I think that they that again they are suited to each other. That showrunners just don't seem to know what to do with them and they're the they're the M and S meal deal of, of Coronation Street couples, aren't they? A vegetarian you know, like, meal deal. Go and get your miso um, <laughs> roasted aubergine for two. Yeah. For Valentine's uh, Day. Yeah, I, 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 I do like them. And then you've got you know Gary and Maria, boring. Brian and Kathy, they've got no idea what to no, do. No, I think Brian and Kathy are okay, but I they, don't mind. I think they're why suited. Have they, but why they did that thing last year with splitting them up mm. when she was sad? I do not know. Yeah, Jesney and Gemma. No. It's just a Worst shame. mistake. That that's an interesting one because in the years before them getting together, I mean, it, it literally it felt like two years of will they, won't they? And a lot of the Cory fandom were saying, "Oh, I hope Gemma and Chesney get together because you know they they work at the kebab shop together and they seem really suited." But she's he's just sucked all the fun out of her, unfortunately. Well, yeah, I mean, his life has had the fun sucked out of it. Yeah, um, I I really think that it'd be nice for him to be freed from her. But then you Get got the, then you got the quads and it just it'd be very very messy breakup, wouldn't it? But she she needs she needs to escape from him. Craig and Faye, you know, not feeling anything there. No. George and Eileen, potential, but they don't seem to want to develop that. Well, at they all. seem to hate each other as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you got your Abby and Kevin at the moment as well, and and there's a potential bomb waiting to go off with her affair with um, Imran. <laughs> and they, they, they definitely seem like the sort who had fun together, but is there the romance there? I don't I know. Don't I'm know not feeling about the yet. romance. I I don't know. They just seem like really good mates. They do. They feel like mates that are like, let's get married 
for the for the lols. Let's get married for the tax breaks. Oh wait. Yeah, I I and I, I what I would like to see more of in Coronation Street, just in general, are uh, the romantic moments. Yes, definitely, and all like just just um yeah moments where a character is a completely different person than they are with everybody else with their partner like when Gemma was doing the little funny voice for Chesney yeah like I've never seen her do that with anybody else no and um those moments are really important yeah there was a scene a couple of years ago with um Sally and Tim and this was you know not not so far ago that this was when they were everybody loved them but it was just like them having having tea together and having a nice cozy chat over dinner and it wasn't about sexy sexy times either it was just like a yeah, we're we're comfortable and safe and and happy with each other, and kind of we look at each other and we make each other smile, and there's a twinkle mm. in my eyes, and and maybe that's what modern Corey is missing with some of these characters because it's all about the drama, and they just need to, I think, take the time to slow down and show that these characters do actually love each other. I know, but you're not going to ever get on the front page of State Magazine, you know, romantic. No, but I think they need to. Although they did try, try it, chase that. they did try it with Fizz and um, with Fizz and uh, Tyrone when they had oh the new Jack and Vera on the front of the cover, didn't they? Oh yeah, well that wasn't Corey's. But doing, you can't was ignore it? you can't ignore the the pressure mm. of a continuous interest and needing to generate headlines and be in the news. Yeah, I tell you what about romance and love, I. Going back to this couple, I do genuinely feel that Ed and Aggie love each other in the time that she was separated from him and he was having the conversations with her over over FaceTime, whatever. I definitely felt like they loved each other. And and there was, Mm. uh, was it like two Christmases ago where she gets home from work and and he's there with his bunch of flowers and he's, he Mm. kind of embraces her. I I really do feel that, that, that they work well together the but they just you know again they, don't want to do anything with them that they've gone gotten wrong with the bailey family ed and aggie's relationship is definitely not one of them no. that's the best one of the best bits about the the baileys yeah and um they, they're doing really well maintaining that and i you know they've tried they've tried chucking a few bombs in the way like with Vin, um, with with Ronnie, Ronnie, it's and, Michael, really. Yeah, yeah. And, and it didn't take, and I'm glad because I don't really want them to split up. I would love to see yeah. them being a really nice. You know, I don't want to say role model for marriage because it doesn't really matter whether you're married or not. But you know, a role marriage, role marriage, <laughs> a role model for a strong relationship that yeah. can. I think we're kind of almost finished with this yeah. now. I think an hour and a half is good enough to go through the whole of Corrie's history. Yeah, so and there 60. may well have been couples that we've missed and we may have waffled on without any true purpose. But hey, that's that's what that's the podcast is. Um, just before we finish, though, I just wanted to have a look at the, um, the poll that was com- uh, conducted by Coronation Street blog back in 2014 where they got viewers to, uh, to readers to vote on their, um, their class, their, their, their most favourite... Coronation Street couples, and there's some interesting ones when in the top date? ten. Two thousand and fourteen. Fourteen. So this was yeah seven seven so this, years or so. Yeah, ago. so this is missing out quite a lot of the people that we were just talking about. Yeah. Obviously. But, um, if we run down the top ten, number ten, Ashley and Claire Peacock. 
bizarre. That's I don't odd. know why anyone would put that there. I think part of it was how the, the Serbo was conducted, maybe. But Alec and Beck Gilroy's there. Yep, they belong. Mike and Alma, Jack and Vera, number Derek seven. and Mavis, number Jack six. Jack and Vera, number seven, and Derek and Mavis, number six. Yeah, that was odd. I don't think I'd agree with the order, necessarily. Very bizarrely, Kirk and Beth got number five, and I think that was a bit of recency bias, maybe, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe in there, because um, they certainly don't deserve to be anywhere near the top ten, or even <gasps> 20 of Corrie. Couples. Steve and Becky McDonald. Interestingly, that Becky had been gone for what two, three years at this point, but I think there was still some lingering affection for the Honestly, two of them. Honestly, I really were so much fun together. Feel like Becky's popularity has waned much more than I ever thought it would do. I would say that Raquel is still remembered quite fondly. Yeah. Um, even though she's been gone for a lot longer, I would have thought that Becky would have gone down as a, a similar kind of person, mm. like a real proper Corrie icon. But I don't, you don't hear people talking about her no, you don't. as much. You and don't. it's, it's weird. It's on. like we've got a collective amnesia about some of the things that happened yeah. in the last, you know, 10, 20 years. It feels like... Because maybe it's because so much got thrown against the wall. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Top three in the poll. We had Roy and Hayley at number three. Yeah. Brilliant. Definitely a top five curry couple for me. Steve and Karen at number two. Mm. You can argue. You, you can argue for it. Not for number two. All right. Um, and Stan and Hilda, number one. Uh, icons. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to argue that. Nobody's going to dispute your Coronation Street knowledge if you say that you think that Stan and Hilda are the greatest Corey couple no. of all time. They were just hey, lovely. They had about, the fights. Can I they just had see? Their, oh god, and they had their romance. They were just absolutely perfect. Any any others? Um, well, Deirdre and and Ken got in at number eleven, being pipped by Ashley and Claire. Yeah. Because, so, I mean, uh, yeah, I, they, they, they don't deserve to be below Ashley and Claire, do they? But Hilariously. Um, as, as brilliant, as as iconic a couple of they are, I think, like we said earlier, like what what is it about those two? I don't know, really. I remember <laughs> some great stories with them, but yeah. they weren't exactly um, most well-suited. Um, and Carl and Stella Price came in at number 15. Yeah, seven votes. It's all quite funny. <laughs> um, okay, I think... I think we are done with that for our special romantic February the 15th episode of Conversation Street. Um, well, did we listen, reach any conclusions about anything? No. I don't know. I but, but surely true, true love endures. The 15th of February is, is the, the date of true love, isn't it? Whatever you're doing on yeah. the 15th is surely a, a, a sort of a sign of, of what your relationship is. Mm. Don't you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's not what you do on the 14th, is it? It's what you do on the rest <laughs> of the year. But I'm not I'm not one of these people that hates I just, Valentine's Day. I really, Day. I really, it. really want Coronation Street to invest in couples and, uh, and you know, get get the romance, get the... Get the... I think... get Let's get some... What they did with Seb and Nina, let's get that in a couple yep. that they're going to keep on for the long term. Yeah, invest in couples and renewable energy. Absolutely. And with that, I think we will end for the evening. Thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, we would invite you to write in and tell us about your favourite Coronation Street couples. Do you agree, disagree, whatever with anything that we said? Have you missed anybody that you were waiting for us to mention but we just didn't get onto it? <laughs> whatever. Write to us at conversationstreet at gmail.com and put the world to rights. Yep. And I think with that, we finish. Yes. Let's finish. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. We'll be back this weekend with our normal Street Talk episode. But for now, ta Goodbye, and the music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Bye.